If I told you what that what I put them lads through, you wouldn't believe it. Curling has to be the most difficult, eye-hurting sport I've ever witnessed. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been described as the bridesmaids of Harlan, but today we got married. Oh, there's no rules. This guy just grabbed the ball, threw it up in the air, and then hit it. But, both of hearts, ladies, I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us through taking place. Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Hurling Podcast. I'm your co-host Gary Dorn and this week myself and Ben caught up with Rat New York Club man Jack Guiney. It was very good of Jack to join us as he's now currently living out in San Francisco and he provided us with a very outgoing and honest interview. We hope you enjoy. So are you staying safe Jack? Yeah we're I'm isolating fairly well anyway on the couch here, so not too bad. Is that where you spend most of your days now? I know. We uh, try and get down to the beach if we can because there's nothing else to do. So. Um, and would there be many people on the beach now? or? Would there there be... Actually, they closed the beach yesterday, but we still have a back way down through the woods, so we're not too bad. They'll come running up the beach after someday now, I'd say. We're poking around. You doing much hurling up there, yeah? Uh, I haven't hurled here now since last year. Um, we got beaten in the final out here, um, but we had a good run up to that. This year now, they don't know what's going to happen. They think there might be no championship at all. Whether it stays like that now, I don't know. But I doubt there'll be too many J1ers coming out anyway, so the teams won't be as strong. What What is the setup out there? Um, so there's three senior teams. Our team, we thought it was probably one of the strongest last year. We dominated the San Diego Sevens, won the Paddy's Cup, which would be all home-based guys that are living here. Probably won most games in the championship, bar one, I think. And then the day of the final then, Nafina were very organised. They had four guys that ended up playing with Bally Hale in the All-Ireland Club final. And they wanted it a bit more than we did now. So we kind of found the game running away from ourselves and didn't really have you know, the kind of team structure to get it back that you'd have at home with a club or with a county, you know. Yeah, and is it, is it kind of random every year anyone could end up turning up playing for any team? Yeah, it purely depends on how hard the clubs go at it. Like I remember... I was out here for a summer in 2016 and we had Picky Maher and Niall O'Brien on the bench for the first two games and then they came on then for Pat Cronin and Brian Carroll like so like you know it's yeah. our standard you had, you had six guys from Limerick on the field who won All-Irelands in 2018 we had Declan Hannon Dermot Burns and Groad Hegarty and the other crowd had Darrow Donovan and Richie English and Tom Marcy like so it's a fair standard when the two teams do go at it or that time it was two teams it's three teams now but it just depends on, on what the, the clubs want to do themselves out here, you know. Yeah, and would it be a situation where they have their team that they're going to go out and play for already picked before they go out? Like the team has, you know, invited them out to play with them? Or do they go out and then there's kind of a, a bidding war for a player or something? So the likes of the inter-county guys now, like those Limerick lads and stuff like that, they would have been sewn up already. They would have, like I know everyone knows they get a few pounds for coming out or whatever, but it's usually not down to that. It's usually down to... You know, if you know someone playing for the other team or you've played for with a guy before or someone recommends you go with this crowd because they're sounder or whatever, you know, it's kind of kind of more kind of a connection thing rather because every club kind of offers the same, you know. So, no, it's, uh, there is stories, all right, of, especially up in Boston, they used to be lads landing into the airport and another team would pick them up and get them to sign the book. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know if that goes on anymore now, but definitely there is stories going around over the years. Are you with George Wheelock's club? 
No, he's Nafina. He they bet us last year in the final. Um, yeah, we're Tipperary San Fran. Uh, it's not the rivalry isn't as as big as it used to be. Like there used to be, she's awful stories of lads cutting heads off each other. But like if if we, if we won a game, the boys would come to our bar, and if they won a game, we go to theirs. So it's not it's not as bad as it was, I suppose. The main the thing is the, that the players are getting on, like you know. Well, yeah, sure. Look, same as at home after Sunday after a game, you're yeah, you're gone for a few, you know. So, would you have any non-Irish playing on any of the teams? Probably not at senior level. Um, I think there's one guy potentially. He's allowed to play adult hurling this year, and he's supposed to be fairly handy for the youths team out here. Um, but then there's like junior teams that have a few Yanks playing, and I I refereed a a game last year, and <laughs> they're lethal, like. Because <laughs> you'd be surprised how dirty you'd be when you don't know how to tackle. Like, like they'd be slapping and slapping hands, and <laughs> they're filthy. Like, you wouldn't, you'd actually get broke up playing against them. Like, but there is a few now, but they're not going to. You're not going to see them playing in Ireland anytime soon. <laughs> you have a Tony Forrestal medal? No, no, I don't. That was sorry. That was um, Dio Keith's age group. Yeah, Eddie was it. Yeah, I didn't even make my Tony Farson team. I was a sub for the whole thing. I think I got on the field once. Yeah, Dio Keith and Ian Byrne was on it. Dio, I think Dio got played player of the tournament. I think he got the same in the Arbonne. Chin, Chin would have been that age then. Would have been that age, but I think Chin could have been playing soccer back then or oh, yeah. any other sport that he was playing. But No, I think yeah, the Dio's age group. And they won the, the Arbonne as well, as far as I know. Ty Furlong was full back on the Tony Forrestal team and probably would have been on the Arbon team as well only I think he was playing rugby so Ty was a bit of a bull he did play Harlan now it was, it was only kind of when the, the rugby thing kind of gets going around 16 or 17 that he, he kind of drifted away from it the um, video of yeah. him playing in the I think it was in Wexford Park the football is class when he just <laughs> batters yeah, into lads would. you would have went would. him then would you? yeah I remember I didn't have much luck against him on the rugby field now, but I remember um, I remember marking him a few times in school training. All right, he'd be filthy, sure. You'd <laughs> you get your few scores on him, all right, but he'd be, if you were in around swinging length, you, you were getting it on you. <laughs> I, I'd be calling for the ball a few yards ahead of me now. I think. Yeah, no, you start, you leave early now, and you see the ball is about to come in. And you're you're two year minor. You wouldn't have any success. No, tell you my first year minor. I probably shouldn't have been on the team. I just wasn't featuring at all. I remember we played Offaly in the first round. I was poor. I got taken off at halftime against Dublin. I think the only reason I was on the team because I think I scored 6-6 six, six in a trial or something one day in, in Oilgate. Who were you marking that day? <laughs> uh, I think Kevin Whelan from the Anns and maybe Conor Goff for a while as well um, from Owlert. I just I, I got in a real nice hurl that day, that morning and Something just clicked. I don't know how it was. Six six um, wouldn't be bad now. Nah, Asher. Sure. Was, was was open, but no, I never really kicked onto the team after that. And I remember the the training we were doing those two years minor with Martin Story, with Paul Kinsla and Ollie Gogarty and Sean Collier. The training was savage. Like I, I think we nearly went into the senior setup in in better shape than some of the seniors. Like it was savage training. Uh, now they probably. In time at two L, it was probably like all winter, and then stopped, and probably lost a bit of conditioning that you had going into the hurling, you know. But geez, it was give you an idea of what training was like, and yeah, 
Martin Roger for four years. Yeah, Martin had us the two years, yeah. I, I enjoyed playing under Martin now. He's, he give you a few tricks here and there, but um, the old meetings might go on a bit long, all right? <laughs> 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 uh, uh, he's, he's a legend, though, all the same. He's a hero. Would you have broken onto the Ratnure senior team in 2011? Or was it 2012? I remember you played against, you, you came on against us in, I think Belf- that, in that, Belfield. That was my debut, Gary. Was it, yeah? Yeah. I, I remember when you came on, I just couldn't understand how you didn't start. Um, I think we had a minor, I, I, think, I think we had a minor game at Wexford the day before, as far as I can remember, because I remember my boots were still wet. That's, that's just the thing that stood out for me. I, that's all I remember. So I presume I was playing the day before. Because normally yeah. you have the boots out of bag. Um, were you sixteen at the time? No, no, I would have been seventeen. 17. I, play, I played, I played a year intermediate first. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, at the time, Ratnior were probably throwing guys up to senior a bit quick. They were playing a couple of games and then they'd find themselves on the bench. So the old lad put the foot down and said, "You're hurling intermediate for a year first And I said, "Grand, no bother." Played the first couple of games junior B and then played junior and. Played intermediate for the year, he was full back and I was full forward, so nice to be able to play with the fat. The fat yeah, that, that must have been nice. Yeah, I, I remember Ratnior used to have four four adult teams. They had five at one stage, actually. They had they had a junior, junior C team, yeah. I remember, <laughs> I remember my first junior B game, we went down to play, I could have been junior now at this stage, went down to play Bano. And I went down with the two, the two Marcy's um, that used to live up the road and they gave me a lift to the game. I remember in the dressing room, Kieran Marcy was colouring in these white boots with black permanent marker. <laughs> he said he'd, he'd sent the wife to town to get a pair of boots and she got him a pair of white ones. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, welcome to adult hurling to myself. But anyway. <laughs> it was a tough, um, looking at the minor there, you played Dublin. Was that the Dublin game you got taken off in where you were winning? Oh, uh, I think, oh, maybe that was the first year, yeah. Was that the first, my first year minor or second night? I know we played him in Wexford Park the second year. I'm not sure, it was Jack. Cross was, game as well. You were on minor. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> to be honest, now I was so I featured so little that year yeah. in the minor, and it was such a short campaign. It was only two games, and I remember that the year after that was kind of say the club year and stuff. I think I went on to play with the club, and that stuff kind of stood out more for me than, than playing minor. The minor was kind of forgotten. I remember running at the under twenty one with the club as well. I was playing full forward, and I was probably the best hurling I ever did because. The game panel was set around letting the ball into the full forward, and um, we got to a district final against Clavon, and then we got to the minor premier final that year as well. So probably most of my hurling done that year was for the club, you know. And then the second year minor, we probably had a, a decent team to give the thing a rattle, but um, Dublin caught us in Wexford Park. I think it was Lake Old. Kieran Kilkenny, I think, scored a penalty. Dublin had a good team that time. Chris Crummy and Cormac Costello. And, Lads like that, they were, it was a good old game in the park. I think we lost by a point in the end. And then you were straight on the senior team then, pretty much, the next year. Yeah, yeah. Liam Dunn did a kind of a trial game thing. The games were, were recorded. I think Paul Dempsey ran the games. You were probably involved in them, Gary. I'd say yeah, yeah, in, yeah. Were up in Carnew, were they? Or up, up around there somewhere? There, there were some games in Cranford and there were some games in Owlert, I think, and... Yeah, I remember I was the only lad from Radnor that would go into the thing because the rest of them 
felt a little bit insulted that Liam Dunn didn't pick up the phone himself, which is fair enough, probably after hurling against him. But um, I had no bother going anyway. I had no any chance to get on the thing, you know. So a few trials went all right, and I think I'd say you were with us that year. Yeah, you were training down to Mick Kelly's gym down below in Wexford, and yeah, I got I got a I got a few months in there. <laughs> yeah, my my claim. I think you've record, record for the for the fist test. I think. <laughs> Uh, oh Jesus! Yeah, ninety-one percent or something. I think I'm putting that down to a, a Baraka boost that morning. That, oh, that was down, that, that was down in Waterford. <laughs> it was, oh, that's it. Yeah, that was it. Ninety-one percent. He nearly blew the machine apart. Oh, so he did. <laughs> I, I remember Liam Dunn came back in with the results, and he was going around. There was all the greens, and then there was a couple of oranges, and he just turned to me, and he pointed that out the red mark on mine, and he goes, "Gary, this says that you should be dead." <laughs> 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 yeah, no, I think the first year then, uh, Walsh Cup was probably where I started hurling fairly all right. And then the league, I think we got to a relegation final the first year. We lost Antrim my first game, up in Antrim. And then we ended up playing Leash in a relegation final. And Hanged in a few uh, that day. Yeah, Paul Marcel always credit himself, he set me up a few times that day. All right. I remember PJ Nolan actually had an absolute dinger of a game that day. Probably the best game i ever seen him play. He was unreal. He was all over the place. Yeah, so that's the level we came in at was relegation final in Division 2 of the league. You know, so it's gone to a fair level now where the boys are at. Yeah, but that, that time, like, I honestly think the minors were nearly in better shape now. And obviously not everyone. You had your few animals to train, like here on Kenny and stuff. But I remember the first... First session we did below in White's gym, I was put on a squatting rack with, with um Stephen Bamble and Richie Kyo. Like I was fairly skinny as a as an eighteen, ninety year old. There's no way I should have been able to squat with them lads, you know. But um And how did you do? Were you moving I weights was, off the racks every, I was, every I was set? Able, I was able to stay in the set with them anyway, but um you know, is a fair amount of squat alright, but I was just Liam Dunn brought it up to a, a serious level from where it was you know it did a lot of work in a few years with that team and um, Jerry Fitzpatrick was key to that as well I suppose he was, was only for those guys you know I don't think Wexford will be where they are now 2013 obviously then was it was a bit of a change where you would have had uh, involved in a few significant games yeah I don't yeah. think we actually won any of them under 21 you managed to win 21 was a big big jump for us the senior we were knocking on doors alright but we didn't we probably didn't have the conditioning to see out the game for 70 minutes. Um, I think that was the key point after the season. We were talking about that with Andrew Shore there last week, where they reckons, he reckons you would have won that game against Clare had Mossy Waters not got injured. Would you be of the same opinion? I think if we didn't beat them in the 70, we were going to struggle a bit later on in extra time. I mean, we had our chances. I, I think I hit the crossbar from a 21-metre free or little bit further out and there was another one saved I just didn't think we were you could tell the Clare had a lot more in them and I think we were we weren't as organised as they were and even if we had a beaten them I don't think we had maybe with a bit of momentum you never know but I think we would have struggled against Galway and certainly against Limerick probably one of my most enjoyable years at Wexford though I think you know there wasn't much emphasis on on structures and plans and stuff. It was kind of go out and win your home ball as best you can. And Liam Dunn kind of brought a real passionate edge to some of the performances, which is probably all we had to fall back on, you know, but certainly an enjoyable year. 
you'd have to think if Lee had been playing that game against Clare, it might have changed the result a bit. I know he hurt his knee on the Wednesday night in the under twenty one and didn't uh, didn't play. After kind of like he he played, he came on against Dublin, I think, for for Naki Shock. After playing that game, he was kind of going hurling training a lot more and hurling football training a lot less. So as hurling was after improving, you know, even over those couple of weeks, so I think he would have had a big big impact on that game. I don't know, it's hard to say. Would you have beaten him? Yeah, it was only it was a last minute goal by yourself, actually. Yeah, I probably should have passed it to Rory Jacob now, being honest, but. I said yeah. I, I, may, I may take responsibility for it now and see where it goes. But. On McInerney, who ended up being, I think, under-21 hurler of the year. I think he was an all-star as well. Yeah, I tell you, I got a fight that day. It was one of the, I think it could have been the first or second ball that came in. I think first ball came in, I got a score off it, but the second ball, he was, he was out in front and he just took off like a rocket. His first 10 steps are lightning and kind of said to myself, geez, I might tune in here because this lad is going to give me a roasting if I don't. He's very, very quick on his feet and sure we know now the hurler he is like, but um, I actually marked another all-star that year as well, um, Peter Kelly. I was marking him in Wexford Park. How did you fare against him? Cornerback. I don't know if I did a whole lot of damage on him now. It was kind of nothing he could do about it because I think the goal we got, uh, Owen Quigley was running in and sure he had to go to Owen and I had an easy finish then, but I'd say any 50-50 balls that come in now, we might have broke even. What was it like, say, you would have, Harlan O'Rex were basically all the way up, and you would have got a few trimmings, a few, uh, trimming another 21 the year before in 2012 against Kilkenny, and then when you finally get a win against Kilkenny to win Leinster, what was that feeling like? First experience, and it was kind of the evening and the energy that was in the ground as well. Like it was a real balmy kind of warm night, and nearly everyone, even if they weren't mad interested in hurling, they kind of head up to the park there because there was you know, nothing else to do on a Wednesday night, and the energy in the ground was unreal. Everyone kind of got a taste in extra time that there was a chance we could win the thing, you know. And a lot of things went right for us, and a lot of things went wrong for Kilkenny. I don't think we missed a free. I think Ian Byrne nailed all the long ones, and I was on the close in ones. I think Kilkenny might have missed a few. We got a goal now. I thought it should have been a penalty for Niall Murphy, and he'll tell you he scored it himself. But we kind of got a goal, a fortuitous goal, let's say. And then there was another incident in that game. I think Joe Aylward was coming out with the ball, and Niall Murphy, he won't like me saying this now, but he was so small. Joe Aylward just fucked him out of the way, and we got a free in. We got a free in. That was the, I think that was the free to put us level in normal time. So we got very lucky, like. Where did that happen? Because Jerry Edward would have been a corner forward and Dale Murphy that, would have been a corner that, forward. That, that happened right on the sideline, on the open side, on the church end, on the 21-yard line. Because that was the last three we took in normal time. I remember Tony French came out with water to me and he looked like he was going to have a heart attack. And then I said, just Tony, relax, will you? <laughs> really like, you know, so I was actually laughing, hitting the free, which is probably the best way to be hitting it, you know. Would it, would it ever phase you taking freeze? Not on a big day, I don't think. I, I used to I, I used to find a bit of pressure helps me focus and tune in to actually hitting the free. I found it hard sometimes to concentrate in league games and stuff like that and to take every free seriously. But in championship, I, I, I kinda, you could find yourself getting into a bit of a zone, which helped me a lot more than... You know, I, I had some nightmares on the freeze too with Wexford. I remember one day down in Cork, and it was windy, but... I think I missed six or seven and you know so 
I definitely, you could say, I was only fit for taking him in championship because I missed a lot of him in the league. You're a pressure player. You preferred a bit of pressure. Oh, definitely, definitely. In any in a game of pool, you prefer a game of pressure with a bit of pressure. But it just helps focus focus the head, you know. I think it's and you're focused in the week coming up to it as well, and you've kind of removed all the excuses for championship. You know, it's down to yourself then. The next game after that in the under twenty one was the Antrim game, which you lost somehow. Yeah. Uh, like, like, was there? Was there something went on that is relaxed too much or what? I was definitely a laid back, um, over laid back approach. The, remember we warmed up in the pitch beside Turles and it was said to us, I know who said it, but I won't say who said it, but it was said to us to hold on to the jerseys that we were going to need them for the final because Clare were going to be in the blue and we'd have to wear the purple. So we had the purple jerseys that time. And I just kind of, it was just a little eye opener for me. I was like, Jesus, something not right here. And then a player said in the when we were sitting down for the team photo, geez, a pity the jerseys aren't tight fit. <laughs> At this stage now I'm kinda of saying, Oh holy shit, what is going on here? Tight fit. I was like, Oh Lord, God, what is going to happen to us here? And sure they had two four on the board before we knew where we were. Banged them in straight away and we spent the whole game trying to claw it back. Uh, I remember Ian Byrne went off, so I was on all the frees. And uh, I remember taking a free out around my own 65. And I, I was kind of going through the process of hitting my free, trying to steady up and make sure of it. This roar came out of the crowd, will you hurry on to fuck? <laughs> 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 I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to make sure of it. <laughs> Whatever about anything else. Did, did you have a, you know, the way the rugby players have their big long run ups now, but did you have a certain process that you had for taking frees? like an amount of breaths that you take or anything like that? And is that something that maybe you didn't do in the lesser games that was why you, um, you weren't as consistent in the in the less important games? I'd say I'd always try and get my mind empty and I kind of, I suppose, breathing helps with that and I kind of just feel confident before you hit the free. And I'd say in lesser games, you don't take the time to get to that place. You know, you're not, you're not striking as well as you can then. And yeah. I never really worried about the... Once I was, felt I was striking well, I was kind of confident hitting, hitting the ball, you know. Once you're hitting the ball clean and your timing is on, the ball will go over your lined up to go then. Next year, you won under-21 again. Yeah. This was, was more more convincing, would I say? Yeah, it was definitely a turn in the attitude among the players. And a few of the players had played a bit of senior hurling as well. And you could tell there was a bit of excitement going into it because we knew we definitely had the beatings of that Kenny team at that age group. I know they beat us in minor, but we kind of felt we, we probably had a better team. We just didn't perform on the day. Uh, we went up to Nolan Park then and blew them, blew them away in fairness. Probably one of the poor Kenny teams that they've had in a, in a long time, you know. Harry Stark got a goal that day and he, he, <laughs> he did that you, you can't see me thing. <laughs> Yeah, but then we were very confident, I suppose, going up to play Dublin and Parnell Park, and we knew we didn't really have to worry about them, just perform ourselves. And a few things went right as well, I suppose. Conor Mack got a belter of a goal at a crucial stage, and we were kind of on top most over most of the field. Like, their half-back line was probably their biggest line on the field with Chris Crummy and stuff, and I think their half-hour line got on top. Paddy Foley had a great game that day, so second one definitely wasn't as sweet as the first one against Kenny after extra time in Wexford Park. Definitely not. Hard to beat that feeling, I'd say. 
A big improvement in the semi-final performance. Anyway, I thought that was because I was. I remember watching and thinking, "Jesus, I hope they don't do something similar." But yeah. the Galway, big, that wasn't a bad Galway team, like. No, that was Galway team that had won the minor, as far as I know. She used to have some nice players too, did Johnny Glynn and lads like that, and Cahill Mannion and stuff. I think the big difference in that, the more difference was um, the seniors were all back training with the 21s. You know, at that stage they were out of the out of the senior campaign so we were training together as a team collectively we were playing matches and training and you get a feel for lads and different lads were putting up their hands and we kind of for the first time we kind of got a real now you get a sense of team when you win stuff together but we got a real sense of putting in a bit of work together you know whereas before it was 21 lads are working away and the senior boys are working away so it actually came up when we were talking to Andrew Shore and Owen Conroy that it was something that probably they had changed a little bit. Andrew was saying that during his time, you know, he was with the seniors probably straight after he was minor, I think. Yeah. Um, and when they're with the seniors, they're not with under 21s and it's, it's hard to, it's hard to do both and it's hard to be involved with the team. But they said that JJ Doyle then when he came in, he brought a lot to it, a lot to the actual panel as well and having the team feeling like a team. Did you find that the case? For coming from JJ, or do you think it was largely because the Wexford seniors were knocked out? I think it's, it's hard to pick out any one factor. Like I think all these things combine. I mean, JJ was very influ- influential over that group, but don't forget he he got a lot of stick, say for the the last declare and the way we set up that day. But I think you can have the best managers and stuff, but I, I really do think it has to come from the players. I think that's it. like if you look at that group, like it was. A fairly special group like you had the Liam yeah. Ryans and the Conor Max and, and like if you even go down to some of the lesser well known names like they're still dominating pretty strongly in club hurling like there was that was a good team and, and there was a very competitive nature to a lot of the guys on that team you know like like you do well to beat Gareth Foley and anything like you know so there was a kind of an attitude within that team they were wanting to compete and wanting to give themselves a chance of, of winning something anyway you know JJ Probably, like we had Tony Dempsey the first year, the year Kilkenny made a show of us up in Nolan Park, and it probably wasn't as, you know, it probably wasn't as strong a setup as as JJ had. Like uh, Neil O'Loughlin as a physical coach, from what I heard. Now I never really got to do much training under him, but from what I heard from the boys that were training with him all year, the training was savage. So that's that's a big thing for a panel, and they're after putting in the work, you know. And uh, I don't think. Um, too many lads would have held it against the seniors for not being at all them sessions, you know. So there was a, a general sense that a lot of work had been done, and and that on the day it's just up to us to perform. Then that's what happened. And well, you can't say there wasn't performances in the final year. To be fair, we just weren't good enough. Clare were the better, were the better team, and that was it. Did you set up? You said JJ got a bit of stick for it. What way did you set up something different? Uh, so Connor Goff stood in the full back line as a spare man. For most of the game and and the game kind of bypassed them so I guess there was stick for that but look it's very hard to make these calls any other day you'd say put a man back there stop the flow of scoring but I think tactics wise then the following year we were very much probably setting up like Limerick do the half the half forward line come out as far as they can every now and again and a real kind of effort to track back and midfield sit into the half back line and kind of leave the space inside for the likes of Conor Mack and and Kevin Foley and Reese, 
So yeah, I definitely enjoyed hurling in 2014 with that group of lads. They were, you know, I was friends with, with all of them, and we had we had some good times, you know. Good old Reese has got a uh, two, two mentions now for his canteen. Yeah, uh, staff and all. I was living with him there in Dublin. Um, yeah, Reese has gone at the golf now, so you probably won't see him hurling again. But uh, I'd say the best game I ever seen him hurl was actually the All Ireland final that year against uh, Clare. I know he didn't score, but to me, he was probably the best man we had on the field. He, he was in the middle of everything and set up everything and won freeze. And when the game was going against us, he was winning ball. And it wouldn't have been something we would have associated with Reese before that, you know. So it was definitely one of his best days. One of the, that year, the victory against Clare in, in the championship in Wexford Park, you could almost look back and almost say that that was the turning point to where we are now. Because that was yeah, the first significant game we'd won in a long time. Yeah, I think it gave a lot of belief to the lads that were involved. And like, I, I don't think that team came out of nowhere either. Like, you had, say, Shores under twenty one team. Like, they were, they they probably could have won a, an under twenty one Leinster as well. They'd be a good Kilkenny team in Wexford Park, and whether they got carried away or whatever, they probably didn't perform as well against Dublin. But it was. There's a lot of players there that, that were standing out, you know, all over the country for and it was just a matter of them all coming together. You Connor Mack coming up to the age, Liam Ryan coming up to the age, you know, there was just a there was a sense among the panel that, that the team was coming together a bit. You know, you still had the likes of Rory Jacob there who was, you know, still dominating the club scene. So you kinda it was kind of a a change from the likes of Rory and lads like that and Kieran Kenny kind of hanging on, you know, in defeats and trying to minimise the damage and stuff like that to actually these players coming along and now you have a chance of winning a few games, you know. So it was that kind of transformation is what I'd say kind of kicked it on for a few following years. It was a great ball you gave to Harry Coe for that goal. It was a great finish by Harry now, to be fair. He doesn't get the credit for it, but no, I'd, I'd always, I suppose, um, would have, been able to see passes like that and stuff but um, it's nice to be able to do it on a, a stage where other people see it you know that, that came like a, we were we were up against 13 men for a lot of that game so we did a lot of stuttering throughout the game and thankfully when it went back to 15 on 15 we kind of steadied up a bit and got into the game a bit more and kind of weren't worried about where men were going and everyone just picked up their own man and went and hurled you know so you came on you came on fairly early in that game didn't you yeah, Garrett said it was, was struggling with injuries coming up to that game. I think it was nerve in his back or something. Um, so when things weren't going right for him, they were going to whip him off. Um, so I got on fairly early. I probably probably would have started only for I played so bad against Dublin. I got taken off against Dublin. Um, the game before that, I deserved to be on the bench. And there's no doubt about it. But I was definitely glad to get on the field when I did it. I knew... I got a new hurl the night before off Albert Randall and I knew I was going to be able to enjoy the hurling anyway. So I was keen to get on the field, you know, I was mad to go. You seem you seem to relish getting new hurls. Ah, oh, I love it. A new hurl before a game. If it <laughs> clicks, there's there's no better feeling. I'd say every game I've hurled well for Wexford, if you look at the hurl, it's probably fresh <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah, so You took yeah. over the freeze as well. Were you always going to be taking over the freeze when you came on? Or 
I think was was Paul Morris on them beforehand, and was he going poorly on them, or and was it difficult to take over the freeze and after coming on rather than starting? Well, look, I, I think I think I, I find it very unfair to a free taker to ask him to take freeze for his county when he's not hitting them for his club, you know, because like you're competing again the likes of Joe Canning and TJ Reid and guys like that, like they're that's where your stats are are thrown up against, and like if you're not hitting them all the time, like I, I, I doubt anyone dare take a free off TJ Reid and Ballyhale, you know, so it, it's a different it's a different dynamic, I think it was a very windy day in the park, and Paul had missed a few but then again, like Paul was only you know, he was only taking them because we had no one else to hit them really, and I know he's well able to hit them, don't get me wrong, but it's very hard to hit them in a big pressure situation with a, with a heave in Wexford Park, and yet you don't really have a type to revert back to, you know but most of the frees I hit were against the wind, which kind of suit the way I hit them. I kind of put a bit of a backspin on them, so I don't know how well I would have went with the wind on them either. So, lucky, you know, he was happy with me hurl that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking here. You scored eight frees and Paul Morris got four. And if he had missed yeah. a couple as well, Claire must have given away. I mean, they, they got two red cards, but they must have been giving away a lot of frees. They were, they were doing a lot of fouling, all right, but... Paul actually went off that day, came back on an extra extra time, and I think he got two or three crucial scores in extra time. So I don't know now how many lads are able to do that, get taken off and come back on and still still give an impact, you know. So Yeah, he didn't have a good game when he started, but then when he came back on, he was probably the best man we had. And sometimes a chance to reset and get the bit between your teeth again isn't isn't the worst thing to happen either. You know, it's the same as dropping a lad for a game or whatever, he'd come back the next day a bit stronger, so... Paul had to get dropped and recover all in space of half an hour, I suppose. Yeah, no, but that was a that was a good old day, you know. But the turnaround into Warford then was fairly fairly rapid and even more rapid than into the Limerick game. So we probably didn't enjoy it as much as we should have, you know. Then again, it's only a qualifier game at the same time. So, what do you think was the reason for the such a flat, such like such a high against Clare, such another high against Waterford the week later? And then such a flat performance against Limerick. Well, I remember we we spent a good bit of time the week of the of the Waterford game dissecting Waterford. I know Roy Jacob and Key Roster and David Edmund took a big took a big part in that as in, in the players dissecting Waterford. And I mean, we we'd been looking at Clare since the All Ireland final. Like I I know those videos showed to us. The first meeting of the season, we were given a video of the Ireland Clare final and told to pick out a few points. And you know, so we were very, very familiar with the way Clare played. And then we tried to bring the same to the Waterford game, and the Limerick game just came too fast first. And I think Limerick were a lot better than we gave them credit for as well. And the hype might have got to a few guys. And jeez, oh, I remember that was a lonely place to be in in Thurles that day. I remember town ended Thurles and. I could hear a chant from the extra crowd up on the up on the terrace saying the scoreboard is upside down. <laughs> that was that was uh, that was a bit of a kick in the hole for us now. All right, that that Limerick team, you know, they were they weren't too bad. We didn't give them the. I don't I don't know why we didn't. I think we had played them in the league that year, and with so many wides, I don't, I think they ended up beating us. But we we did hurl them off the park for about forty minutes, so we had probably had a cockiness going into that game that we didn't deserve to have. You know, Limerick. Championship are a different animal, and sure they absolutely blitzed us in the first twenty minutes. We had no answer for it. Yeah, they weren't a bad team at all. No, there a lot of a lot of players that ended up winning that Ireland, and and even the guys that 
didn't feature in the Ireland. They were very seasoned players, Don O'Grady and Gavin O'Mahony and Paul Brown. Like they, they guys, not a serious hurlers for Limerick down through the years, just because they didn't win their not Ireland. Yeah, I remember David Breen. I remember sitting in front of David Breen playing wing forward, and he was phenomenal. I think he gave us a bit of a nightmare that day, didn't he? Um, he did. He went on yeah. to win his club, his club All-Ireland anyway, so he got, yeah, he got something. It. They had a lot of guys to know that were performing at a high level, and, and then any of the guys younger, they were dominating Fitzgibbons with UL and stuff, so we didn't we didn't give them the credit that they were due going into the game, and, and the respect probably that, uh, don't ask me why, what, what right did we have to disrespect Limerick, but the heads definitely weren't where they should have been going into that game, because... Um, we were way off the pace, way off the pace. Now, if you if you go back and look at the first twenty minutes, um, we had a lot of chances. You know, we skimmed a couple of balls by the post for goals. I caught two pucks from wide. You know, if them little things had clicked, sometimes in games you find momentum going away from you when the other team are scoring and you're driving the ball wide. And very hard to claw that back. It's very hard to change that mindset if you, if you haven't been in those situations. A lot before those those you know, intense championship situations, which we were only kind of getting used to. Yeah, it was a learning curve anyway, definitely. I think it was. I think it was twenty fifteen, maybe it was twenty sixteen. You were. I don't know whether you were dropped or you left the panel. But in the in the, the quote when Liam Dunn was asked, he said, "I think we want Jack more than Jack wants us." Yeah. How did you feel about that comment? Uh, the whole thing been dragged through the media. Full stuff was a bit of a sore point. Now what happened was, through the jigs and the reels, I ended up back in Mullingar after playing Westmead in Mullingar. Um, I ended up going out with a few of the college lads. I was hurling with DIT at the time and Derek McNicholas and Robbie Greville and Tommy Doyle and all them lads were, were playing with DIT. It wasn't the plan to stay, but the plan ended up changing. Um, I went out that night in Mullingar and a lot of lads weren't happy with it. So I ended up going to train on Tuesday. And now what didn't help me on the Tuesday was I drove Matthew Waters' car down to training. And they had training on in Bally Garrett for some reason. And we'd never trained there before. And whatever map we put in, destination we put into the map, we ended up down the bottom of the town of Gorey. And I'm sure we were 10 minutes late for training. And that didn't look good now and I was coming in late for training as well as after being out on the Sunday. But, I mean, there was no rule against it. There was um, there was a few players went out in, in a Scarty Sunday and stuff, but it's kind of a combination of things, I suppose. And, yeah, on the Wednesday then I got a phone call off Liam telling me I was, I was dropped off the panel. I couldn't really believe it, to be honest. I thought I might be dropped for the game. Fair enough, but was dropped off the panel and I think we were playing Ferns it was either that Thursday or the following Thursday and I said uh, here now show these lads but anyway I, I didn't like the way it was used as our excuse for getting a, a hammer off Kilkenny because that certainly wasn't the case there was no way I was going to make up whatever it was 25 points you know so when you were dropped, did he say there was a, a route back in or he just dropped you and it was indefinite? Or? Look, everyone thinks I fell out black with Liam. Um, I didn't. I still have great time for Liam Dunn. Um, just I think it was more influences behind Liam that had made the call. 
and Liam felt obliged to 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 go ahead with it. But um, before the Cork game, he called me. I was actually I was actually in Dundrum, sucking on a smoothie, and um, he called me and he said he wanted me to come into the dressing room after the game. And I just said, not a hope. You know, like, because I don't know if you see you extra park from the stand to the tunnel. It's just covered with media, like, you know. And I said, I'm after being dragged through this enough now. I said, not a chance. I just said, that would be ridiculous, like. And sure, what are the players going to think then as well? Like, they're like, you know, this thing is all over the shop. Yeah, but there was no way I was, I was going into a dressing room. After I was... I was sour, I was left isolated, to be honest, and I've no problem saying that. I was I just thrown, splashed all over the, the media. Like, you know, I could have been kept in house and you know, no one would have said anything about it. And I was just taking the attention off the fact that Kilkenny gave us a hammer, in my opinion. So I was a little bit sour over that now, to be fair. But, what, what do you think the reason that it got so big in the media? I think if you have any player been targeted over discipline issues and to know everyone wants to know the story behind it and sensationalize like it basically big song and dance about it like the reality of it was I would have been lucky to make an impact in that game against Kenny and after the way I played in Westmead I might have been lucky to be starting unless I kicked on in training that week you know so really to me I could have been just kept in house no one would have batted an eyelid you know, there would have yeah, been murmurs yeah. and rumors and stuff like there always is. But you know, like if you if you had it typed in my name into Google at the time, or if uh, if I was going for a job, an employer was looking you up like to do, all it would have come up was discipline issues, and I don't think that's fair on anyone. You know, your sport should be separate to the rest of your life, and you should be allowed that you know a bit of privacy or whatever. But you know, I probably shouldn't have gone on on the piss in Westmead, and it, you know, there was no plan to do it. It just just got carried away with the whole thing and, and I was I was after playing so poorly against Westmead and I was taken off and it was said to me that I wasn't taken off because it because because I was tired, you know, and I was taken off because I, I was hurling shite, which is fair enough. Um but I felt I needed to reset and sometimes you reset with an old night out or whatever, you know. Um that's what I felt I, I did and I felt I would have got the head right for for what was to come, but unfortunately, a league game against Burns is all that all that came. I do remember I did find it funny because I was I was at that Kilkenny game and walking up the street and I seen you. I think you were only after coming out of both <laughs> on the way up to the match. Yeah, look, I went to, I went I went to the match with a. I swear down I didn't actually the boys were all drinking on the bus and I did not want to, to drink on the bus and be seen you know fucking classy eyed going into Nolan Park because I knew that it only flare up the whole thing so um, I was actually talking to Liam after the Kilkenny game and he said he heard I was standing on the terrace with a, with a bottle of vodka in my hand two of us had a good laugh over that now but um, no I remember I went to the game and all the lads I, I, I was with left early but I stayed till, till the very end and it all unfold but um, no it wasn't nice watching that but obviously I was going to go to the match like every other Wexford man you know at the end of the day I am a Wexford man and I'll go to watch them play whenever they are playing you know so 
had a few beers and went out that night and then Escarty and all. I think some of the, the Wexford team were out that night as well, actually. They, I think they were all out in Enniscarty, but yeah, I did. I had a had a few drinks up in Nolan Park. That was after the game. <laughs> There's no stories going back. <laughs> did you say that some of the players weren't happy with you? And after the Westmead game? Yeah, well, I assume like there's a leadership group in the, in the team every year, and I assume that's where it had come from, you know. So, and why uh, why would they have been more unhappy with you rather than the couple that went out in Enniscorthy? Or I guess the few that went in Enniscorthy kind of went together, and they probably yeah. wouldn't have tore the arse over for the night either, but maybe not. And I guess I had a probably maybe a bit of a reputation for taking any chance to go out and stuff um, which probably mightn't have helped either and I probably came from a place of lads wanting to put the foot down coming up to the Kilkenny game and kind of display how serious they were about it and they didn't see me as part of that so you know that's up to themselves I know if I was calling for a lad to be I'd be fair hurling myself at the weekend you know but yeah that's that's a, a discussion we had later on that's just assuming uh, the leadership group you don't necessarily uh, I think know. there was a just, look whoever was involved you have a fair idea fair idea yeah but um, whoever was involved <laughs> it, it doesn't it, it doesn't matter at the end of the day if they felt they were doing right well then I'd like to go with their, their gut so um, I don't think it was overly personal so you know what can you do it's the way it is you know nothing came of the season anyway I don't think as a panel we were in in a good enough place to be calling out anyone for for things like that probably would have been better off focusing on everyone's own performance you know but um, look we were we were learning as we go He did come back then I came back for the winter training in 2016 I was hurling with the college and I, to be honest, I just wasn't enjoying it at that point. I, I kind of lost the love for it a little bit. Still kind of harboring that, been dragged through the media and stuff as well. And to be honest, my father um, got a bit of a dune. He got sacked out of a job down to Extra Park for for not getting rid of his own staff. And I was a bit sore over that, to be honest. And I was sore that um, no one stood up about it. I, know, I remember at the time, I had called um, straight away when... The mother told me what had happened. I called JJ Doyle. I told him I wouldn't be hurling that year. I think it was 2014, I think. Um, and I called Liam Dunn and I told him I wouldn't be hurling because it was wrong what they did to the man. And I could say anything about it because it was, it, was, it was an ongoing court case at the time, but I, I have no problem talking about it now. Like that under 21 team, that one three under 21 Leinsters came from a lot of good coaching. Like we had, you know, whether they were the perfect coaches or not, it doesn't really matter. It was their enthusiasm for, for the game and what they brought to, to the young lads. Like I remember with Joe Kearns and Kevin Kennedy up along most of the way. And, you know, the, them guys were, were brilliant to us. And the love and passion that they brought to us was unbelievable. I remember when we were minor, George O'Connor was in the round. And, you know, the old lad was asked to get rid of all these guys. And, and he just wouldn't do it. So they got rid of him. Um so he had to go to the courts to clear his name and I was sour that you know the extra GA let this happen to a man who gave 13 years hurling to get a feckin' championship start and then went and left a job in IT management job in PwC to go and take a 
you know, a job paying so he could do his bit for, for Wexford, you know. Um, but he's definitely sore over that. And the, the idea of going down training and not enjoying the training at the time, and then that going on in the back of my head as well, I, I just pulled the plug and said, here, this is not for me. I'll, I'll, I'll end up um, getting dropped again later in the year for, for some misdemeanor. So I said, here, better off, call it a day. That's, that's how it went in 2016, pretty much. What year did that happen to your dad? I think it was, I think it was 2014 because I had rang JJ Doyle. Um, so I assume I'm still under 21. Yeah. So I'm guessing it was 14. Could was, that, been, was that Wexford GA? That it was Leinster GA, but Wexford GA never stood up for the man, and they Leinster probably GA. had an influence. They probably had an influence in it too. Obviously, they they have a say in one of their own getting the chop. But you know, like they left them. You know, you can't get employed from somewhere when when you're you're after getting sacked out of another place. You know, everyone was wondering why, and you know, they left it up to question. So he had to go and clear his name in court that, it, that he, he performed his job above and beyond the standard and didn't do anything wrong and I don't think he's gotten his apology off the GA yet but they're a hard a hard body to move you know Dave was with us with the, I was with the Wexford Intermediates when we won the Leinster and got to the All-Ireland final against Cork in 2014 and Dave was with us for that yeah oh, he's um, you know, he, the training that man did when he was playing and then the dedication to the thing when he when he when he was finished playing, like he's just a he just loves hurling and loves Wexford and I think to do what they did to him is just I just I don't I don't know don't know it made me question a lot of things anyway. And I I don't like I don't I don't need to hurl for Wexford, you know I don't see it as, as something to do and and uh, I I don't know I don't want to be in a situation where you know you pump your yourself into something and they just throw it back in your face you know so that for me was a big deciding factor and the training was was uh i don't know it was things going on in training that i probably wasn't enjoying a whole lot either um lads were niggling on things that maybe we should have been focusing on bigger things but things like i don't know you're stretching your right leg and and the other rest of the lads are stretching their left leg and they get onto you for it and i'm kind of like who gives a shit like you know but it was a combination of things, and my head wasn't where it should have been to be to be in that camp. And I just thought it best to pull away. And was it? And was that the last time then you were in? I was back with David then, 2017. Um, Tompkins was yeah, solid. Ah, Tompkins was. I owe him one from 2014. <laughs> now he popped me one as well. So. Ah oh, yes, actually, yeah, I saw that against Clare. Yeah. Popped you so, one, and then you ran yeah. the favour against Kilkenny. Yeah. I was going to go on myself, but when I seen Shane running by me, I said, "Ah, here, sure, he might never get another score." They're actually very similar scores. Yeah, yeah. I know he was. Look, when you uh, like, I tell you, when David came in first, I came in under a lot of criticism for being for being a, a selfish player. I, I don't, I don't know if I if I was or if I am, but I kind of see if a lad is in a better position, I give him the ball, and at that time Shane was running ahead of me, and he'd no near him, so I popped him the ball. That was it. I didn't. Didn't have to think about it, you know, just do it. But Shane, Shane has been unlucky with injuries and stuff. I always thought he'd, he was a guy you'd love to have playing beside you, you know. Yeah, no, I enjoy playing with Shane. Probably never got the, the full run of a chance that he might have deserved, you know. But that's the way it goes with some guys. 
you know, you have to be grateful for the chances you do get, I suppose. Do you miss it? Um, I do and I don't. I, I don't miss the training. <laughs> I don't miss the long season, the up and down to Dublin. But I, I, I definitely miss the, the buzz on the day of championship. That's, that's the only reason you play for, you know. Um, definitely miss that, 100%, yeah. I was at the Leinster final last year. It was a great day out, but I miss the buzz and stuff like that. Definitely, 100%. 100%. There's no, there's no nicer feeling now to a roaring crowd in Wexford Park or Crow Park or wherever, you know. You're only 26, are you? 26, yeah. 27 now. Next month, I'm nearly think, over the hill. Do you think you'll be back at any stage? Uh, I don't know. I hope to get back and play a bit with the club, see where that goes. Playing rugby at the moment, would you believe? I signed a contract here to play rugby. So that season is on hold, so... Whenever that finishes up, I'll probably, probably try and get back home to play a bit with the club this year, maybe. Hopefully, they'll have me. Signed a contract, so a professional yeah. gig? Uh, it's semi, semi-pro. I still only train a couple of times a week and a game at the weekend. But yes, I'm enjoying it now. It's a, it's a breath of fresh air, to be honest. Go play your game and go have the crack after. And Where do you operate? Full-back. Full-back for me. I don't know what you'd say. I, I try and avoid tackling, to be honest. I, I try and organise the defence in such a way that I don't have to tackle. <laughs> but I'm, I'm keen to get into the line when the, when the ball has been thrown out, all right. I know it's going well now with a few good players, a few Irish lads playing and a lot of Samoans. I'm glad they're playing with us because they're big men. <laughs> there are many other Wexford lads out there? I'm the only one at the moment. There's a few guys from... Clare and Waterford and stuff hurling with us there last year with Ian Kenny from Ballygunner full, full back for Ballygunner he hurled with us and then went home and won a championship with his club we've Grodd O'Connell who hurled against us in the under 21 All-Ireland final for Clare wing back he was hurling with us last year so Aaron Cunningham from Clare as well he was in full forward line with me so there's there's enough lads out here um, but I, I would recommend for for most young lads to try and try and get a summer away, whether it's, it's hurling or not, it doesn't really matter. But I think it's uh, it's important to go and see the world, as you know, Gary. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so I don't think I don't know to be honest if if uh, I doubt Davey will come looking for me back. I mean, if he didn't hold on to me in 2018, I don't think he'll come looking again. You know. So what did happen in when you left in 2018? I I, had a, I was having a nightmare with my knee. Um, I remember before the league, I kind of had a chat with him and we said, right, I, I think there was a lot of guys had injuries at the time and I think maybe he felt his panel was a bit thin. So he wanted me for 15, 20 minutes in games was the conversation that we had and I was going to taper back the training and kind of do what I could with the knee because it's it's the tendonitis. Like the more you go on it, the, the worse it gets. So, and I remember we played Cork in, in the park. We beat Cork in an extra park in the league. And I came on and I wasn't able to walk for two days after it. So I said, here, no, this is this is just, uh, this has gone too much. And that was it. And I didn't feature for the rest of the league. And I wasn't, you know, when I'm not playing hurling and, and out actually playing games, like I hate every part of training bar the, bar the match at the end, you know, I'm like a child. But, um, and I wasn't playing, um, I wasn't really enjoying it. And um, I suppose 
I was probably taking liberties then up in Dublin. You know, when I wasn't playing, it didn't really help things. But um, come the the club the club campaign, I think we played Gory in the first game down in, in Hollymount, and I that was kind of my my chance to put the hand up to say that I was still, you know, operational, um, to be in on the panel. I think I played fairly well that day. I was centre back. I think I had something like 32 or 33 touches of the ball. Um, so I had played pretty well, but he, he said to me after the game that they were they were heading off to Portugal that Tuesday. And uh, I'm sure I just wouldn't have been able to walk till till Wednesday, like, you know, after playing that game. And I had been able to play that game was because I didn't do any running on it two weeks prior. I was, I was doing a bit in the pool and doing a bit of hurling and stuff, but not doing any heavy running. Um, but you're not going to get away with that at at inter county level. So like they go to Portugal and they train three or four times a day, and I would have been lucky to make three or four sessions. I'd say so. I said it to him. Do I think I'd be an option off the bench for fifteen or twenty minutes? And he said, No, it has to be all or nothing. I said, Well, that's fair enough. And that was it. I was. How is the knee now? Sure. Look, I I don't feel it as bad because I'm not training as heavy. You know. Coming to the end of the to the season last year, out here I probably had to put a put a little bit of tape around the the tendon, all right. But that was it. Um, I got through the whole season on hard ground, which wasn't too bad. But the training wouldn't be next to near what the what the the Wexford lads are doing. You know, like there be there's a, a lot of uh, speed repeatability running, which is a lot of turning, and you know it's it's why the lads are so fit. Um, I just wouldn't have been able to, to do it, you know. You can only do so much battle ropes on the sideline and um I was getting fairly sick of them too, so you know, and you're still not getting the this the, the fitness into the legs where, where they need to be. So I've probably had a decent enough season in two thousand seventeen, but Portugal played a big factor in that for me getting on that team, you know. I was able to to see out the week and what was in the legs was was very useful for the rest of the season. So um missing that I probably would have only been featuring in the odd game here and there and, and that's probably not enough, you know. You need to need to be doing more than that. Now you mentioned uh, earlier how hard your old lad would have trained. Yeah. And, uh, he yeah. asked this question in the Tom Dempsey podcast because in Liam Dunn's book he says your old lad is trying to do a thousand press ups. Yeah. Anyway, close. Not at all. Jesus, no. No. I used to, when I was very young, you know, like six or seven or whatever, I'd go into the to the parents' bedroom and they would have to be doing press-ups in the morning and I'd sit up on his back and he'd do them, like, you know, so, yeah. No, he was, he was a different, it was a different type of training back then, though. I wasn't probably as smart a training, you know. He, he was just doing extreme 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 you know to get the edge that lads are probably getting now by training a bit smarter you know so did he um, go overboard on press-ups he probably did he probably did you know like uh, i'm sure a tennis elbow was probably a problem after a while but um i think it was george o'connor had actually said it to him a father would have idolized george you know because he would have been always super fit and dedicated and mm-hmm. and um i think he asked george how many press-ups should i be doing a day and I think George, kind of more taking the piss than anything else, said a thousand. And <laughs> <laughs> but, 
Father took it literal, off he went. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, geez, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been doing thousands of press ups anyway. God no. I met him there in Tolman Park over Christmas. He was down with rugby, was he? He was down with your brother, I think. Ah, uh, he's he's doing he's doing all right now. He's happy enough. I know he was over the Harriers there. Well, he was he was coaching him, doing the training. He was having a hard time getting lads up to the field. It was six and seven lads turning up, but I I heard now through the rumor mill whether it's true or not that Derek McGrath's first training there was making forty lads there. So yeah, that's that's the. Uh, it's always going to be that way the first night. Ah, yeah, especially at town as well, sure. The whole rumour mill at start and everyone is interested to see what goes on. And it's keeping lads going is the is the hard part. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, hopefully for the Harriers, I'd like to see Wexford Town, you know, as a, as a kind of a hurling stronghold, as the, the both would say. But, um, Josh, important that we have the likes of the Rapparees and the Harriers strong because if you look back, whenever Wexford Hurling was strong, the towns were, were strong, you know. So, um, so is your dad yeah. working with Derek McGrath now, or your dad was over? No, 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 no. He was he was with them last year. No, he, he said no. Look, the, his his he might be a bit um, a bit hardcore for them. No, he's he he doesn't understand lack of lack of commitment, and, and his head senior hurling and senior hurling, and you know you, you turn up to the field and that's it. Like he when he was playing at Wexford and. There was a few of them in on the on the county panel. They used to try and race back to the end of your training to get in on that, you know. So that's the level they were at with the dedication to the club and stuff. So yeah, I saw an article on the forty-two where you described that yourself and him would be very different in your approaches to training and to to even getting ready for matches and stuff. Yeah, he used to look. He tried to encourage the professional approach. You know, he'd have you getting your when you were younger, getting the gear bag ready the night before a game and having the hurdles gripped up and Lindsay Dial and you know, like preparation is half the battle, but sure. I, I'm just kind of a more scattered character, I suppose. Um, I'd be going around looking for my boots the morning of a championship game and it's just the way I am. And don't like to think about it till I have to think about it, you know. Just kind of what will be, will be kind of thing. And I'd be turning up the things at the very last second and stuff and, He's just a different, more professional character, and that's why he he got to the levels he got. To, I suppose he took up hurling late, and maybe I was a lot more fortunate that I grew up with the hurling in my hand, and in a in a hurling club like Ratnor, there was nothing else to do on the hurling. And I'd say he, he's very, wouldn't say jealous, but he he's very, I don't know, envious of it. I suppose he would have loved that, whereas I probably don't. Um, appreciate it as much because I did have it, you know. The same article, you saying that it was your fault. He 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 made his debut in '93 or something, and then he didn't play yeah. again for 13 years for Wexford. Taking the, the make about <laughs> that, but um, no, he was. I was in the panel, but he was kind of he was on the team for the for the '93 game, and he got dropped. And at that time, the competition for places was so strong. You know, he you found it hard to get your spot back. Yeah, my mother was 13 hours in labour or something and halfway through it she told him to head on to the match you know, he's not missing that near and he went on and crashed the car and got two speeding tickets he got whiplashed in and he was out of action for a while and he probably missed the games where her lads were putting up their hand to, to get on that team for the next few years you know they were the 
them, them Cork games, I think, were crucial to that team. So, yeah, he'd never say it now, but I'll make it up for him. <laughs> yeah, the baptism of fire then, when, when he did start again. Yeah, he was... Uh, 2003, I think, was his first game against Waterford. Um, he was on John Milan. Milan or Flynn, I think they were swapping throughout the game. That was that was a, a big year for him. Glad he got the chance to... Milan know. was flying. And then yeah. uh, he, he had to go off injured for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, John would have been the sort of character now at the time or seen the sort of character that the old lad would have love marking so <laughs> yeah no I'm just glad like I remember the 2003 semi-final against uh, Cork the, the drawn match I remember oh sure what would I have been 10 I suppose I remember jumping over the barrier and running into the restroom about 10 minutes after the game or 15 minutes after the game was finished um, and no one stopped me I don't know why maybe I just looked like I knew where I was going I had seen the the Wexford team come out a tunnel on the big screen and I had seen what side they came out from. So I just headed for that side. I was lucky. I just seen my father come out the physio room or whatever and he kind of looked at the, the door and he seen it. And the door was locked and he came in and let me into the restroom. And I was in there poking around with young Billy Dunn for a while in the, in the little kind of astroturf room there beside the dressing rooms. So that was it was great for me to see see him in, in that kind of a environment, you know, and I was in around it the whole time too, and maybe that's another reason why I didn't appreciate it as much when I was there myself, you know. So I'm glad he got got to finish off on a high anyway. Yeah, as, as someone I could, I play in the backs and the forwards, but I don't think I'd ever like to mark Dave if, if I was a forward, if I was corner forward. I, I think I marked him once in training in the field, and oh, I wouldn't I wouldn't have signed up for it now, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Obviously, he probably stepped it up a gear for me, but um, yeah, no, I don't think we were put on each other after that. I remember um, in that in that year watching him in the games, and it was just like he was a shadow <clears> of the man he was marking, as in he was just always atta- It was like he was always attached to him. Yeah. He'd never be at more than a, a a step away from him at any time. Yeah, you see, he was he was able to keep up with these lads. Like I know. Remember, he used to always be put on DJ as well. Like, it's just he was able to keep pace with him. And, and in his head, sure, if he doesn't have the ball, he can't do anyway. So all you're doing is trying to keep the ball away from him. And, you know, it's a very effective way to mark someone who can, who can hurl very well, you know. And, yeah, um, just stop him. You'll, you'll frust, frustrate someone who's used to marking someone who'll try and hurl him. You know, there's no point in hurling some of these guys. They're just, they're just that good, you know. Yeah. Understood his strengths, you know. I was lucky enough to mark him a few years ago. Well, how would you get on there? I destroyed him. Yeah. <laughs> well, no joking, I did. It was like your, Ratnior's third team. Yeah, we did. Uh, and our second, our second team. Oh lord! Yeah. And so he was never going to go well. He was what? He did not too far off fifty. Yeah, he's forty-nine. He's fifty there. Couple of couple of weeks ago, a week ago, I'd say he's fifty. Yeah, so we'll say he was forty-four or forty-five. Aye. <laughs> so I, I'd want to begin to bear him. Yeah. He was saying there, he spent 13 years hurling the Wexford before he had a good year, and then he, he won his last championship at Ratnor after 13 years hurling senior for Ratnor in 2006. He's 13 years going down the grades this year, and they won the Junior B. So, 13 years seems to be his, his lucky thing. Was he hurling? 
he was hurling, yeah, he was cornerback, fullback. I think it was on the lads wouldn't hurl unless he was fullback, so I think he could have been cornerback. A 49. Yeah, 49, yeah. They went on to, I know some crowd in Limerick sponsored the, the All Ireland series. I think they went on and they met Barry Bowden. So Barry Bowden had all their so probably senior footballers coming down or intermediate footballers coming down to play junior B hurling and they blew him out of the water. But it was a fair team of senior hurling medals on it now. They had Nigel Higgins and Colin Byrne and Benny Larry was playing and shot us. It's good to see that the lads went down the grades, you know. The press ups work anyway. Press ups work, yeah. Still fared me yet, uh, but um, <laughs> there's a great I, video of him singing Ku Cullen's son on I think yeah, I, I saw from Decky Barron sharing it, but uh, I think that was at the, the All Ireland series, all right. They played. I think the idea was the, the Limerick crowd invite these teams down and, and treat them to a bit of crack, and it's just it's good for lads to have that when they're finishing off the career. I know you're talking about the fifth adult hurling team in Ratnora. I know the father set up that fifth team, junior C team, as purely a social outlet for lads. You know, to go train once or twice a week and go play the game at the weekend and have your few pints and yeah. You know, to, Great way for lads to finish up their career, you know. Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, it's part of what it should be all about. I know out in China, our Gaelic football team in Shenzhen, like, it'll be a mix of Irish and then a lot of people from every other country. But the idea is you, you train on a Friday night and you go for pints afterwards all together. The big tournaments are, like, it could be a, the All-China Games would be a day tournament on a Saturday and then you're out that night with all the different teams from all around. Yeah, it's a it's a great way to meet people. Like, and what I what I like about over here now, they didn't have it in 2016 when I was hurling the rivalry. It was a little bit sharp, but um, you know, like if if a team beats you, and I know we do have a great tradition of that in Wexford in county finals. If the if a team beats you in a county final, you go up to them the next day. Yeah, which is a tradition. I, I don't think we should ever lose. But like, if 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 you, if a team beats you, you, you go and suck it up and go for a few drinks that night and. Let them have the win, and you can have it in the back of your head. You know what you're going to do the next day. Fair enough, but yeah, to be sportsmen about the whole thing, and um, I think the GA has maybe lost sight about that, and that could be the professional wisdom of it too. You know, I'd say one of the only championship games mid-season that we ever went for drinks after was probably um, maybe not the only one now, but one one of them was the Kilkenny game in 2017. We were allowed to go out that night. Um, we had a great night and it was great to, to soak in the, the atmosphere, you know, because I think we had three or four weeks to a Leinster final. But it's, it's not the same when you have to go home and sit on a couch or whatever and, you know, you're, you're after building yourself up all day, getting excited and then it's just a mouse knot and it's great to be able to go out and enjoy it, you know. Yeah, similar to, like, as you were saying, you just love playing the matches and especially the bigger matches. That's why when you're injured in a in a scenario like that, it must be a nightmare because you're still doing the training in terms of the rehab and stuff. So you're not getting any of the matches and you're still not, not able to go enjoy your social life either. Yeah, that, that's, that, that was the bit I struggled with. Like, I, There has to be some outlet for your head, you know. Like, in, in fairness, hurling a match, is, it's, it's a way of expressing yourself or whatever. But doing drills and... So I was on battle ropes there for a good six weeks, fairly pro- proficient in them. This stage, but <laughs> I got fair sick of it, like you know, and and there was other lads coming in and out of, and I don't know how the likes of Tompkins and stuff and and Shore 
and Liam McGovern. I really don't know how they did it. Stayed injured for so long within the panel. I'd, I'd have to go off and do my own thing and, and recover on my own because I just I just wouldn't have the the head for it. Like I get too I get too unrestful. I suppose. Yeah, you were a good man to get sponsorship deals. Every every article about you, you're at some sort of launch for something or. Do you know what all that is? They couldn't get anyone else, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what that is. Um, Sports physio. Yeah, that was uh, Joey Boland set that up there. He's See, I was working in AIB at the time um, on the sponsorship team, and they sponsored the GAA, so I was meeting a lot of these people, and I was working as part of my placement for, for college. Um, like I was going to all these events the whole time. That's, that's what I was doing. Like That was the job, going to events, and you were meeting all these people, and sure, they see he has a soft option then, I suppose. <laughs> and uh, yeah, sure, look, help out. Be great if them them things didn't have papers and stuff at them as well. You wouldn't have to say a word. But I think that's the idea of all these launches. That yeah, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll only end up saying something stupid, so <laughs> off keeping me away from that. That was that was the year we got to the to the Leinster final, I think, against Galway. I was working a lot with AB and meeting a lot of these players every every week week in week out so you know because you were hosting the you were hosting the event yeah that's where all that kind of came from and probably the biggest one the first one was the board gosh under 21 ambassador and um, there's an awful lot of stuff involved in that an awful lot of media days and stuff probably didn't know what i was signing up for but so we end up splashed over a paper you're, you're not going to give us the names of the lads <laughs> No, no, the, no, the, no. What, what were they called? The leaders group. Ah, look, that, that's in every panel, you know. That's just the way it is. Um, <laughs> no, look, sure, look, we had I had it out with them too, you know. It's they, they, you know, it's very, very hard to to get a group to think on the the same wavelength. Like you're dealing with some very super intense professional guys, and then yeah, yeah. who's very laid back and kind of more spontaneous in my approach you know there's, there's going to be little bits of conflict and stuff and then it's not it's not a big deal at all to be honest there's no still do anything for any of those players and and i hope they do the same you know so that's the way it is so who was the best player you've ever played with i'd have two different versions of a player now i'd have a hurler and a player go, go who's um, the best of each the best hurler skill-wise I ever poked around with was probably Dermot Lane. I remember in 2013, I think he finished up in 2012, but in 2013 he was over in Chicago on a Super 11s, Super 11s, um, the first Super 11s trip they did, it was Munster versus Leinster in, in Notre Dame, the, the football stadium. Before the game, Gizzy picked up one of my hurls and he said, are you coming for a puck? He was over there covering the thing for new stock. And I went out and pucked with him. We stood about 30, 40 yards apart. But Jesus, like one of my heavy hurls that I had during the winter that I wouldn't use. He was just gifted. Like he was, his skill and his, you know, he'd make the ball sing. Like, you know, he'd yeah. put straight your eyeballs in every time and back spin, side spin, top spin. Didn't matter, you know, and, he, and he'd, He'd always control the ball with a bit of a flair as well, you know. So, and I remember um, walking into the back into the dressing room. You know, Gizzy went over to what he was doing, and I went into the dressing room. 
and Martin Fogarty was standing at the door, you know, the, the Kenny selector, and he goes, "Geez, that was fucking unreal." You know, so <laughs> uh, like he, he just had that skill that was noticeable, and probably one of the best players I ever heard with then was, and obviously a class hurler as well. But Paul Codd was probably one of my favorite hurlers. Uh, you know, make it look simple, and he just had a flair and a, and a, and an ignorance about him that was hard matched, and he always stood up on a big day as well. I remember. We were playing the Duffery in Belfield. Uh, I'm not sure if the score was level or we were down a point. I wasn't hurling now, I was only a chap, but Paul was taking a free well deep into his own half. And the Duffery crowd started roaring, like to be a big, huge rivalry between the Duffery and, and Ratnor. And the uh, Duffery crowd started roaring, I bring it back, bring it back. So I picked up the ball and marched about 15 yards back, dropped the ball, barely looked at the post, and whipped it over the bar and gave the fist in to the, to the crowd like <laughs> you know, it's just um that one always stood out in my mind you know you know i was idolized him you know he's just keep it simple and he'd say what's on his mind and i think his last game ben was against ferns was it? he scored 3-3 was that his last game, game. I, I think that was his last senior game yeah 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 and he, was, was he was probably a bit unfit we'll say and he still managed to get one a three three I think he had come back in late in the season. I don't think he'd done. Now, he'd train away on his own if he knew he was going back hurling, but I don't think he'd done the extent of training that, that everyone else had done. But I think he scored 3-3 three, three that day. So, Definitely got three goals, anyway. That's... Yeah, I used to love hurling with him, and, and Robbie Codd was an absolute dream to hurl beside me. He's just, his hurling brain, like, is just a, a, a jump ahead of everyone else's. Like, he'd, he'd dummy a hand pass, and he'd fool your man to come back towards him after him dummy and then he give it like you know he just yeah. the genius just and that was all natural you know so and just so um, everyone knows he was marking Eddie Walsh when he got that three three that is right Eddie loved that one I'd say <laughs> um, yeah no that's there that lads I would have like I, I kind of sadder be the sort of lad that or, so I know lots of other people kind of pick out you know the hurdler was everything the, the you know the, the athleticism the speed the you know the, the focus, the drive. I was just—I just had a pure soft spot for for natural hurlers, and that's what I used to idolise over. Like Paul Flynn from Waterford was another one. I used to—I used to love watching him play. Um, they're the kind of lads I liked watching hurling, but I know they're not always the most effective. Who's the uh, toughest toughest marker you've ever had? Probably Dahi Burke. 2017 against Galway in the Leinster final. I—I I wasn't prepared for what Dahi brought to be honest he, his physicality and his pace and his, his hurling and his timing of, of giving you his physicality was just you know <laughs> spot on like um, it's only kind of afterwards watching John Conlon mark him in the I think it was the semi-final was it 2018 yeah. I kind of saw that's how you mark him like you really have to be fit and strong and fast enough to shove him one way and run the other way and then have a quality ball coming in. I think that's the only way you could mark that man. But um, outside of that, then probably my debut against Offaly, I was marking David Kenny in the championship. Um, I think he was coming right towards the end of his time, but he would have been a well-known name in Fitzgibbon circles because he was hurling in UCD at the time. I think he won a Fitzgibbon with UCD. Well, not at the time when I was marking him, but beforehand. Um, but I found him very physical as well. I don't have too many lads catch a ball over me, but he, he certainly did that day. Um, 
don't think I made too much of an impact from play. He kind of lulled me out. Everything I did was from freeze or from 21-yard freeze. I just found him very physical and able to hurl as well, you know. Would those times have been, you would have been full forward? Yeah, full forward, yeah. It's full forward on Dahi, yeah. Would you have preferred full forward or...? I prefer full forward when the ball is coming in, Gary. <laughs> if it's not coming in, I've no interest in being in there. Yeah. Um, if the ball is coming in, it's, it's a dream of a position. But uh, I know with the sweeper and things, it's it's not probably the position it it was in an extra team now. You know, yeah. So they're they're the two lads. I'd say in the county, James Breen used to torment me in training. Um, <laughs> I remember, I remember 2016. It was early on in the league. Liam Dunn was on the whistle. Trebreen was getting away with murder. He was fouling me every every time, and I was just getting sick of it. And I said, Breen, if you foul me one more time, I'm going to break this hurl across your shins. I said, I love this hurl, but I will break it across you. <laughs> and uh, lo and behold, Breen, pure ignorance, absolutely jumped up on me back. Couldn't have fouled me anymore the next time. So the ball broke about two or three yards away from us, and I just stood back and it turned the hurl sideways, and it broke it across the shins. And <laughs> And he, and he started laughing at me. And I said, go away from me, you, you sicko. Just go away. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a dog, tough, tough man. Like, you know, I can imagine now TJ Reid doesn't enjoy marking him either. No, I, I, I was just thinking about yeah. TJ marking him that time yeah. when, you, when you started to tell that story. So especially in training, you're not going <laughs> to, you know, you're not going to get the whistle like you might get in a match and stuff, you know. So, ah, he used to torment me. In school and stuff, um, you know, he was always hardy. I remember we got to the college's final one year against Hurl of CBS. So we had a few Kenny lads, Jerry Edward and Wally Walsh hurling with us as well. And uh, Breen used to have this uncanny knack for lining up a lad with a shoulder. Like he could meet him from 30 yards away and just thump him, like thump him. You mentioned earlier your first day with the Ratnure senior team. You had just got a new Randall Hurl. Was it always a Randall Hurl you used or what Hurl was your preference? No, I... I tell you, I used to always use Philip Doyle hurls. Philip Doyle was always brilliant to me and took a lot of time over the, my hurls. And I was fussy with them now, to be fair. And he went above and beyond for me. I always put aside good ash and stuff. I don't know whether it was I changed my number or Philip had a shortage of ash or what was going on, but I couldn't get in contact with him for a while. And the hurls I was getting copied were three Randall hurls three of the nicest hurls I ever had. I, I think I was going to play Kieran's with the school and it was probably the best game of hurling I ever hurled in my life midfield with one of these hurls and, and when it broke then I gave it down to Philip to get copied because I didn't know Randall too well. I didn't know how I was going to be received down there. And then when I couldn't get in touch with Philip, I think it was 2016, um, I was going back with the club and John Connor said he'd get me a couple of Randalls and I've been using Randall ever since. Um, the first couple of hurls I got were what Randall thought I should should be using <laughs> eventually, <laughs> which is fair enough. But I eventually eventually got the hurls I, I wanted off him and sure they're ones in fairness now. I never really reconnected with Philip, but geez, I couldn't say a bad word. Couldn't say a bad word about him, you know. He he really did look after me and he looks after a lot of the lads very well too. Um he takes pride in his hurley making, which is the, the main thing. Yeah, Dermot Ling had some nice words for him too. Ah, uh, yeah, class man. But Randall, if you can get, you can get a sweet Randall, you're, you'd be you're half an air. A new lease, a new lease of life for Harlem. Yeah, it seems that you you'd want to 
use a new hurl in every game. Well, that can go against you too. Yeah, <laughs> you can think it's 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 the hurl to use and ah, yeah. you go to a ball and your touch is off or whatever. But um, if you get one that just clicks and you know after you know after a few pucks in the warm up and a few frees, you know where you're at with it. And I had no bother using nice a new hurl, no bother at all. That's quite disappointing when you get new hurl and you're using it and you, you know from the first two or three strikes that it's not going to be good. But you're still yeah. just because it's a new hurl. You're trying. You're trying to uh, pr- pretend in your head that no, no, no it's still grand. They, it's still grand. They go straight to the shed, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> straight to the shed. Find someone to pawn it off on. Um, just a TG car throwing up the old nineties games and eighties games and stuff. There is some fucking yeah. change. <laughs> They're all raving about Keen Lynch and the flick. Cracks your try. Was doing it taking before anyone here. Doing it on the run, he was the probably was yeah. The ball up to himself. Jack Cusher's whack on Joe Erty going through. Oh, one one whack. <laughs> and this one was particularly bad. I remember Matt O'Hanlon. Oh, I can't remember who we were playing. It was a similar whack, and it could have been actually John Conlon against Clare that day in 2014. Conlon was going solo and in along the line, and and Hanlon was doing the Jack Cusher, and I think it was showing up. I was showing up in the in the highlights after the match to take the piss out of Jar, but um, <laughs> I think I remember that there now. Yeah, uh, you give him a good few wallops. Uh, Matt wouldn't be shy of using the hurl either now. In 2013, I think he was away in Spain. Um, would have been interesting to see how he would have fitted into that team, you know. I know Massey Waters fairly had the fullback spot nailed down, but would have been interesting to have Matt out in the halfback line, maybe see how he got on. I think his 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 best trade, and I know he probably dominates the centre back at club level or whatever. But I think his best trade is man marking. He, yeah. really, he really is. Puts his mind to marking someone. He will take them out of the game, you know. And it's probably his most effective tool for for Wexford, you know. Yeah, he's so disciplined. Like he, last year yeah. when he was on TJ Reid, he put in a phenomenal performance. Now I know T, like TJ is still TJ, and he won a few frees and stuff, and set up a few plays. But compared to what he was doing in other games, like Matt just had an unreal game on him. Yeah, like, Matt will sacrifice his own game to do that. Like, you know, he will. Um, I know he, he uh, himself and Wally used to have great battles with the school and I know Wally gave him a bit of a cleaning in minor, but since they've gone senior, I think Matt has come out more or less on, on top on that one. But when they were playing in 2017, the two boys were living in the same house in Dublin. Like, so <laughs> it was a, a right bit of niggle in that one. There's three or four of them in that house, was there? With us? Oh, sure, that's the county supreme house. There was uh, Dara Fives was in there from Waterford, Tyg de Burke, uh, Philip O'Mahony, and you had Noel McGrath in at one stage, Killian Buckley, David Higgins from Westmead. I don't know, you might not have heard of him, but he's a good hurler back, back in his day. Did you have any county supreme houses up in Dublin? Oh, we had... Uh, Mossy Waters, Garrett Sinnott and Naki Shock. <laughs> a, di- a different kind of supreme there, I tell you. <laughs> I don't know, the boys used to go to a crack on training and all. Um, yeah. I think uh, in 2013, Garrett was captain, sure, and Mossy was vice-captain, I think, and probably hurling better than we ever did. What way is San Fran? Is on lockdown as of today. They've shut down all the beaches and all the parks and um, they're on about stopping the construction in the next week or so, which is going to really 
really throw a lot of lads under the bus, um, but there's a rent yeah. freeze, so it's not too bad. But the rent is freeze till till uh, I think it's freeze till May sometime now, so you don't have to pay rent till then. You know. What are you working at? I'm working with a startup. Um, there's this new technology, how to get rid of waste safe. Um, don't ask me how I got into it. Now I met a lad in a bar. Nice. I'm I'm working with him on the business side of it and. I do a few nights in the bar as well, and then I do a bit of project management in the construction as well for lads. So, and uh, all trades, and I'm mastering on a bit of part time rugby in as well. Yeah, the rugby now is a good old gig, in fairness. Fucking train choose a Thursday and go play a game of a Saturday. And the social side of it is, is unreal. I think the GA could learn a lot from it. Like, they so if you go away to play a team, they host you, so all your drink and food and all that crack is. Is covered by that team, and then when they come to you, you do the same for them. And yeah, you know, the, the team stays around for a few beers after a game, and you get to know a lot of different lads. You wouldn't know what connections you make, like you know. So you get to know a lot of the other lads, and you even yeah. like it, it's a bonding thing for your own team to have a few drinks together, go exactly. back on a bus together, and stuff like that. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And they they they, they really do it right, like you know, they they kind of focus on the ethos of the game, and they have a few out. So uh, drinking games or whatever, the two men of the matches will have to down a pint or whatever, you know. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's a breath of fresh air now coming from a, an intense setup, you know. It's uh, going one sat in front of me, only performing the field, and sure, that's, that's the way I like it. But they'll have a full spread laid out. Jeez, some of the feeds we've gotten now have been unreal. Like, it's just the class if you know, if you could have a, even the league in Wexford, if you could have it that you know, you host a team and for a bit of grub and a few pints after the game. I know the old drink driving thing and all, it's not as easy, but... Yeah, that's the, that's the problem um, is everyone's too far apart. And, like, yeah, you could probably... could probably. I think they should do more on the tournament level. Like, like I remember Gory had a tournament there one year up in Gory. We ended up playing... We ended up beating Gory in the final, but there were some ding-dong old games. Like, we played club on in, in one of the games coming up to it, and it was nearly holy war. <laughs> But the, the old few points after, like, and you know, especially early on in the year when there's not a whole lot going on, and for for club lads, or even during the summer when there's not a whole lot. Yeah, it's kind of it's during the summer when you want to, when you can have a barbecue or something. Like, you don't even need to fucking yeah. go to a venue. You could any of the yeah. GA, a lot of the GA grounds could probably host something. Yeah, definitely. They should definitely look at it. Um, invite clubs from other counties and stuff as well. Like it's. Keeps the standard up then within your own county. Like, you know, I remember yeah. Ranieri used to always go to the, the 11s or the, whatever it was, 13 aside or 11 aside Seven. at Carlo and 7s as well, yeah. But like, say for, like, I think I got a higher standard of hurling out here at home last summer than I would have at home at my club because we were playing championship games every couple of weekends and or every weekend, really. And, you know, it's, Championship is championship like it is senior yeah. Ireland standard here if not maybe a little bit higher depending on who you're marking so like you're going to lose guys to, to summers out here if they don't start making the summers a little bit more enjoyable for lads to hurl who doesn't want to be hurling in the middle of the summer like you know yeah I know I should try and do something and I have a, an All-Ireland club tournament championship or something for lads that are at home, a Leinster League type thing, maybe over the summer, you know. Jack, Send thanks a million for joining us, and um, oh, oh, you're a treasure.
Right, go on, I'll talk to you later. Best of luck, lads. We hope everyone enjoyed our conversation with Jack. As you could have guessed, he's good crack. Very nice fella. Obviously, he was a natural hurler. And he was very generous with his time. Unfortunately, Shane Tompkins couldn't make it. He was rehearsing for his upcoming audition in the Carnew musical. So the best of luck to him with that. We'll be back soon. In the meantime, like, share, retweet, tell your friends, give us a rating. That'd be great. But most importantly, stay safe. Thanks for listening. Most importantly, I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us through